I hope you're having a lovely day today. I am doing a Homemakers Chats video garden themed. So I cannot believe that garden season is already upon us. Although I feel like for us, and I'm sure a lot of you where you're watching from, it's like warm, cold, warm, cold. <laughs> So that's kind of fascinating. I have with me today our green tea. If you didn't know, we sell organic red rooibos and green rooibos tea that we uh, bring in from South Africa, uh, where Scott is from. We have found a great source for organic tea and buying from us helps support the work that we put into our channels. So if you're interested in that, I have the link to my website below where you can purchase some of that. So I have the green today. I like my green rooibos with uh, honey in the afternoon. There's no caffeine in it and it's a very mild taste. It's very nice. Today's verse that I want to share with you is from Deuteronomy 28. This verse is very special to me because when we first started uh, to feel like God was moving us into the direction of uh, gardening and homesteading was 2018 and at the time, we really didn't know anyone who was living this lifestyle except for the people that Scott was working with. And so during that season, I was like, God, do you even care about this stuff? Like growing our own food, raising animals, like, is that even something you care about? And that very day that I was praying and asking that, I opened up to Deuteronomy 28 and the first part says this. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commands that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. So that was verse 1 through 6, and I encourage you to grab your Bible and continue reading until verse 14. May that encourage you as we are entering this new season of springtime. I actually tried recording this video earlier in the week when I was sitting outside planting my seeds, and I realized very quickly that I cannot talk and work at the same exact time so it was really pointless for me to try to do both of those at the same time because I cannot think about what I'm saying while also planting seeds so uh, I decided to stop and do the homemakers chats this way instead. So we have started our garden late this year mainly because there were a lot of variables as to whether or not we were even going to do a garden. Probably three weeks ago, we decided that we were definitely going to do a garden. And so now it's like quickly trying to get things going. What I hope from this video today is that no matter what season of life you're in, no matter where you live, that it inspires you to start wherever you are. If you're renting, if you're living in an apartment, if you have tons of land, like you can start with whatever you have, wherever you are, and you don't need a lot of money to get a garden started. It's about using what you have and being excited about that. You can be very creative. I think that's one of my favorite things about being a homemaker is we have time to study things, learn things, and to be creative with our resources. I remember when we first got married, we had this line that we always said of lack of resources creates resourcefulness. And I 
learned how important being a resourceful woman is. And I think that's really important for planning a garden. So for us, the first place that we lived was a basement of a house. So I just planted flowers in the little flower boxes thinking we were going to live there for longer. Ended up moving around a lot that summer. It's actually a really cool testimony of how God always provided us a place to live. Uh, maybe I'll share that in a future video, but I just moved all of those planters with me wherever we went. So I pretty much only did a few flowers and herbs that year, but again, it worked for that season and I just moved the plants with us and it worked fine. So if you live in an apartment or on a, with a balcony, you can still grow lettuce. You can grow herbs in front of a sunny window. You can even sprout seeds, broccoli seeds, alfalfa seeds, clover, lentils in a jar, soaking them, making sure that the greens sprout and you've just grown something. So if you're in that place, you can start there. The next year, we didn't move into our house until May. So, you know, the spring garden season was already upon us and I still wanted to do a garden. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never done a garden before. I had Scott dig straight into the earth. We just dug up this very narrow path and planted some pumpkin seeds and gourd seeds there and the grass kind of grew back, but the vines grew. We hardly got any pumpkins. Or gourds but we did get some it took over our whole backyard I had these crates that I got from Trader Joe's that I lined with trash bags and I planted way too many zucchini seeds in it so there was probably like eight plants in one crate and I didn't thin them out and I think I maybe got one zucchini from each crate but again, these are things I didn't know until I tried it and I learned. I planted a lot of flowers. That was my first season of planting zinnias and I realized I love growing zinnias. They are so easy. It's like a no fail flower morning glories. I have mixed opinions of now, but during that season, they were beautiful. I made this lattice out of these wood things that I got for super cheap. It created a barrier between our neighbor and then I put morning glories on it and it was this beautiful barrier all summer long. I will say with morning glories, I think they're beautiful. They also take over. So they reseed and wherever you put morning glories, they will come back every single year. So be mindful of that if you do decide to plant morning glories. But we did turn our backyard into a beautiful space. Then the next garden season, we had our 11 acres that we bought in Kentucky, and we had originally planned on moving to that land and building a house on it. First, we felt very strongly about following Proverbs 24, 27, where it says, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. And so we took that scripture to heart. And at the time, raised beds were a really big thing. So we were like, well, let's do raised beds. And again, we had no idea what we were doing. We did double high raised beds because we were kind of out in the field. So we thought that that would prevent rabbits or other things from getting our vegetables and stuff. And that worked out really well. We went and got compost and dug up dirt, and, you know, mixed it all up, filled the boxes. And during this season, we were really into reading Wendell Berry, Lisa Graham McMinn, and wanting to understand how do we work with the land instead of coming in and taking over, bulldozing things down, doing what we want. How do we work with the land that is already there, accentuating its beauty, really? And 
during that season, I called our land like my sanctuary. I would go walking there. And, and 2019 was a, a fairly uh, emotional year for me. And so it was a safe spot for me to do, go and just be in nature. And that was my first year full time at home, not having a job. So I could really put all of my heart and soul into this garden. And that's when I uh, started again growing more flowers. I would get vases from yard sales and cut flowers, put them in vases, give them to friends and family, and it was so much fun. It felt like, wow, I can grow things and give them away. We grew lots of tomatoes and cucumbers, and at this point I had no confidence with canning, so I actually didn't do any sort of food preserving this year because I was so intimidated by that. For me, the garden in itself was like this amazing thing that I somehow semi-accomplished. Uh, although that whole season, we were like, now we know. I started carrot seeds in seed trays and I didn't know that you're not supposed to transplant carrots. You're supposed to direct sow them because you're gonna mess up their root system and the root system is the carrot. So that's how you end up with these funky looking carrots. And we had a ton of funky looking carrots that season. And we planted all of our stuff way too close together because we were growing in raised beds, we didn't have a lot of space. So I ended up putting the cauliflower and the broccoli right on top of each other. And the one uh, bed, I think we put compost that was fairly fresh and it definitely like wilted all of the tomato plants and so we ended up just pulling all the tomato plants out and I think we made that bed fully a flower bed just things like that that we didn't know and then there were other things we didn't have water on our land or access to water and really we just trusted that God would provide rain sometimes I did bring out jugs of water but jugs of water only went so far in watering all the plants and even then our stuff still grew we never had a problem of things dying because lack of water that was also my first experience with tomato hornworms the one day we came out to our land after being away for a few days out of town and we came back and our one tomato plant was like completely stripped and we were like we thought a deer ate it we didn't know what it was and then all of a sudden i see this massive green caterpillar with like eyes on it and horns and I was completely disgusted. Our first experience with these guys. Blight and pestilence. <laughs> Look how big it is. It's literally, it looks so much bigger in person than any photo I've ever seen. You should hold it up to your, oh, it like all curled up. This one's smaller than the It is the smaller. Last one. Because the other one ate a whole freaking tomato tree, that's why it was fat. Look at that horn on its butt. Amazing, huh? Hmm. I will now cut it in half and green stuff will spew from it. We were like, Lord, please help us find all of these tomato hornworms. And uh, so, yeah, that was our first experience with that. So then we go into 2020. We actually missed that garden season because we were stuck in South Africa during, you know, the craziness of the world. We got stuck there for seven and a half months. We ended up selling our land in Kentucky shortly after we got back from South Africa. And then that brings us to our 2021 garden. So we moved into a rental house at the end of 2020, November, and we knew we wanted to do a garden. 
and we were renting so we did ask our landlord if we can do a garden we showed him where we wanted to do it behind the garage and he said great no problem a girl has gardened there in the past and so we were like perfect and so Scott was watching a lot of Richard Perkins in that season and he uh, showed you how to do a market style garden so that was our inspiration we had this uh, big shade cloth that we got at an auction and we raked all the leaves from the front yard trees and put them in this rectangle covered it with the shade cloth staked it down put rocks on it and left it there to kill the grass we were gonna try the no dig garden for the first time and the reason we didn't want to till is because when you are tilling you are creating bare ground and weeds what they want to do is to make it so that the ground isn't bare. So you're activating weed seeds to grow and cover the ground, which means you could be spending a lot of your garden season weeding because the weeds are doing what God made them to do of protecting the bare ground. So instead of tilling, if you cover the ground, kill the grass over the winter, then you can build upon that with compost, wood chips, leaf mulch and you're building up your soil so that's what we wanted to do about a month after living there we hear tree trimmers in the neighborhood and so scott's like i'm gonna go ask them for the wood chips so he drives over asked them for wood chips. So they dropped off two truckloads of wood chips. So then come January, we went and got an organic uh, topsoil slash compost mix. And we had to drive an hour to go get it, but I knew they were really good quality soil and it, it did end up being amazing dirt. So we got a truckload of that and we put that down and then we measured out our pathways and how wide we wanted our soil to be. Because we had a limited amount of compost we were working with, we only put our dirt that we bought in the certain rows and then on the pathways we put the wood chips. And this season I actually started my seeds way too early. I started them in January, but it ended up being fine. I just had to steward the seeds indoors a lot longer than I probably needed to had I just started them in March. But we had a beautiful garden season. It was wonderful. We had so much fruitfulness. This was the year I first really got into herbs. So I started growing a lot of my own herbs so that I could harvest and make my own tinctures and salves and oils with herbs that I grew myself. And Again, our garden was this sanctuary. This was also our first season of getting bees. So we made a little garden area for our bees. That was our 2021 garden. It was beautiful. And then 2022, it was so much easier because we already had the foundation there and so many things came back. So many herbs are perennials, they do come back. We had Sweet Williams come back and tomatoes. So many things came back as volunteers. Now, in some places that didn't work out great for me because I did wanna rotate the garden around so that some of the things like tomatoes weren't growing in the same space they were the previous year. So I did end up transplanting a lot of the tomatoes that did come up on their own. But we had a ton of cucumbers, lots of flowers. We did end up expanding our beds 2022 because I did not have enough space <laughs> the previous year. And I also planted way too many seeds. I think you forget when you're planting seeds that the odds of it coming up is pretty strong. And so if you plant 30 tomato seeds, you're gonna get 30 tomato plants. So I definitely planted my starts way too close together last year. 
I thought I could get by with it. I don't think that it served my tomatoes well. We still did get quite a few tomatoes, but they definitely did not do as good as the 2021 year where I did space them out properly. Also, my tomato plants last year, I took them outside to like harden them off way too early. I left them outside overnight on a night that I thought it would be okay, but I think they got way too cold and it did stunt their growth. Thankfully, my mom did give me some of her tomato starts that she had, and those are the ones that were the most beneficial for me because tomato plants usually produce a lot of tomatoes and my ones that got stunted in their growth did not. They maybe gave me four or five per plant for the whole season. So that was a lesson learned. This for this year is to not harden things off too soon and to really pay attention when you put them outside, make sure you bring them back in before it gets too cold. I also really enjoyed making sun tea last year and putting my herbs in a glass jar with some hibiscus leaves, putting them out in the garden for the morning or for the morning and afternoon and then filtering it and drinking the tea. It was really delicious. It's also really healthy for you. So we moved out at the end of August last year. So it was pretty sad. We had to scrap the garden early. In my mind, I knew we were always renting, but I thought that you know, wherever you live, you make it a better place for the person who lives after you. And we were both thinking like, who would not want an organic garden? This is amazing. This is beautiful. We've totally added value to the land. Sadly, our landlord did not think that and he took it all up after we left. He dug up everything and reseeded grass. That was a little bit of a bummer because we really hoped that, uh, someone else would get to enjoy the fruit of our labor, but that's what you get with renting. You never know. We are now starting completely fresh and I feel like we are taking pieces of each garden experience that we've had for our new garden and also adding in new things. For the past month, we've been reading through Bill Bryson's book at home and it's a really fun book to read. We read it when we're driving in the car together. He's basically going through the history of the home and how things came to be, like why are salt and pepper the two spices that are put on the table? Of all the spices in the world, why are those the two that are the traditional spices? Like how did that come to be? He also says like weird, interesting facts, like how the like four o'clock actually comes from the line four of the clock, but saying that over the course of many years, like just got shortened to four o'clock. He also talks about the history of how houses were built from stone to brick. Most of this is uh, European history and then also, of course, uh, American history as well. And so he talks about how Thomas Edison, one of his big ideas that he thought was going to get him really wealthy was creating cement houses and his idea was to create a mold of a house like of the rooms the mold would also include like the bed and the couch area and then you would fill the mold with cement and then that would be your house it would be a cement house he thought this was going to be his like biggest most successful idea of all time and it ended up being a total flop he did not account for how there's there's bigger rocks, smaller rocks in the cement, and the bigger rocks all sank to the bottom. And because the mold was the size of the house, you had to move the entire mold every time you wanted to start a new house. And then the houses ended up being way too heavy and collapsing on themselves. It's so fascinating. Like, who knew that Thomas Edison 
was big into cement and even had a cement company. So just like weird fun facts, but one of the chapters he goes into gardens and really how having a garden came to be. He talked about this Englishman whose nickname was Capability Brown and he was one of the first notorious gardeners of England. Reading this made me really interested in looking at British cottage style gardens and how I want to take inspiration from them for our garden. So I started looking up pictures online. We have this little fence in our yard and seeing this cottage garden with the fence, I was like, this is perfect. Instead of the lines like we did with the Richard Perkins market style garden, we want our garden now to be a little bit more whimsical with winding paths. We have another book that Scott's friend got him called Pattern Language, and it basically discusses all of the principles that make a place beautiful, like winding roads makes a place more pretty than straight roads. So we're trying to take pieces from all of these things and apply it to our garden. And like I said, we are starting much later than we would have liked. It would have been ideal for us to rake leaves and put them in the places so we could do a true no-dig garden, which we did start to do with raking leaves where we want it to. And then I was gonna put dirt on top. I'm also reading the Ruth Stout gardening book that my friend Lauren gave me, and she's big on using leaf and pine and hay to mulch with, and so we have an abundance of leaves, so I would like to use that for mulching. I'm doing a little bit of a trial. One area I have uh, put the dirt down over the grass and a pretty thick layer of dirt, and then I've put the leaves over top, and it's kind of made a really nice mound. And then another area, I am shoveling up the grass. Gonna put the leaf mulch over that because when I plant my starts, I wanna make sure they're going into dirt and not <laughs> into leaves or into grass. I am so excited about our dirt though. So I thought we were gonna have to bring in uh, really good quality dirt because I didn't know how the soil is here. Some places have really thick clay, which has really been our experience everywhere we've lived has been just dense, dense clay. And here it is beautiful, rich soil. So I feel very excited about it. Even digging in the garden, there's been so many worms and uh, that makes me pumped. And I went ahead and I did plant my garlic about two weeks ago now. Uh, we had a freeze coming through and garlic does need to go through a freeze in order for it to grow. At least I'm pretty sure that's true. And so I went ahead and I think I planted 120 garlics and I'm hoping that they do well. I also have been trying to find onion sets to plant, not the bulbs, but like the starts with the stems. When we lived in Indiana, there was a nursery near us and the lady working there for the sixth uh, gardening zone, she said, you want to plant those onion starts on Good Friday. We had an amazing onion harvest last year. We uh, harvested the onions, then we laid them out on the picnic table in the sun for 24 hours. And then we moved them into our carport where we made like this makeshift tray out of fencing that we weren't using. And we laid it over the sawhorses and we allowed the onions to uh, dry out. We left them there for probably a month. I just finished our onions maybe a month ago. So they lasted a really long time. I also didn't mound our potatoes last year. So that is really important, like adding hay on top. We didn't do that. <laughs> and we still did get a harvest. We still grew quite a few 
potatoes for not doing that, but I can only imagine how much better our potatoes would have done if we would have actually mounded the potatoes like you're supposed to. We haven't been able to get wood chips yet and I think we're just gonna go without it. We're, I've been, that's something I've been praying about is that if we're supposed to use wood chips in our garden this year, then God would provide just like he did for our Indiana garden and uh, we haven't seen any wood chipper trucks and when I've looked up getting wood chips, it costs a ton of money. I am gonna have our pads be grass because it's nice for grounding. I do have seeds that I have started. I started seeds about two weeks ago and uh, we had this thing called a Gorilla Grow Tent. We got from an auction in at the end of 2020. We got it for eight bucks. So it was an online auction and we had no idea what it was, but we looked it up and we quickly found out that it's for growing other things. But in my mind, I was like, well, if it can grow other things, it will certainly be perfect for seeds. So it's basically this big tent that you set up. The inside is foil lined. You put your shelves in it. We have hung lights from the shelves. I have one uh, heat mat for the seed trays and it creates this very humid environment that the seeds do really well growing in. So we got that for eight bucks and it normally sells for like 350 bucks. So we got an incredible deal on it. This is our third year using it and it is wonderful. So Scott set that up for me the other day and we have our seeds going in it and I'm very excited for this garden season. I'm trying to be mindful of how many seeds I plant of each thing. I do not need hundreds of tomato plants, so I'm trying to limit myself and just bless my seeds as I plant them, that they will grow and they will be strong and healthy. Basically, I hope that this encourages you to start where you are, use the things that you have. Like, I thought we were gonna have to buy compost and after digging in our dirt, I'm like, we don't have to. I'm not gonna go spend money on dirt when I think our dirt is good enough. And so things like that, what can you use around you? And maybe friends that you know, they might already have seeds. I save all of my seeds each year. So this year, I'm actually trying not to buy any seeds. I want to see if I can use all the seeds that I have. If I do buy any seeds, it might be some beet seeds because I am low on that and I haven't figured out how to save beet seeds. And then also uh, there's some herbs that I've never grown before. So I may buy some more herb seeds. And for me, it is really important to keep all of our garden stuff organic. So I only get organic seeds or from places that I know have value for that. They don't even have to necessarily be like 100% organic, but like me gardener, I know his practices of gardening and that he's not going to put neonectides on his seeds, which is what you don't want. If you just buy regular seeds from Lowe's, they put neonectide, I think it's called neonectides, neonectides on the seeds. When your plants grow, that is in the plant. And then your bees come and they take the pollen and all of those neonectides and poisons that are in that, the poor bees are absorbing. So it's so bad. So if you can try to get seeds from companies that do not use those things or have those practices, they don't necessarily have to be certified organic seeds but you do wanna know what the values of that seed company are. And then same with soil. So I like buying uh, soil that doesn't have all of the fake 
fertilizers and chemicals and stuff in it, especially for starting your seeds. I would love to hear how your garden's going, if you're expanding your garden this year, or if this is your first time gardening and you're excited about it. There are so many really good YouTube channels out there about gardening. I'm not going to pretend I know everything about gardening because for me, I think the best way to learn is from experience. You can read lots of books and that's great. I have so many garden books and I've learned so much from them, but there is something about hands-on experience and trial and error and just seeing what works for you and where you live. I think just doing the thing is the best way to learn how to have your own garden. And then each year, keep a garden journal. I love having my garden journal and write those things down each year. I have a garden journal that I started back when we had our land and I sketch out our garden where I plant once so I can know if things grew well, if they didn't grow well, if seeds weren't good and I shouldn't buy them again. Uh, to be completely honest, I have not been a big fan of the Baker Creek seed place. I feel that the pictures that they use aren't a great reflection of the plants. Uh, some of their stuff I've loved, some of their stuff I've been on the fence about. I think they're probably one of the biggest known companies. I also know that we have some moral issues uh, with them, but back to the garden journal, I like to keep track of the seeds that I've started and write them down, the dates that I start them. And it's really fun and enjoyable. I use my same garden journal every year. And it is fun to look back on, especially if you sketch out your gardens. Like, because we've had so many different gardens over the years, it's fun to look back and see the raised bed garden, market style garden. And this year my garden will look totally different. I've made garden journals in the past. I'm thinking about making some more. So if I do make those, I will make sure I share them with you in one of the upcoming videos that they will be in the shop, or you can just keep an eye out on the shop. Uh, they're leather journals with graph paper that I hand bind together. They're really beautiful. They're sturdy. I like using leather because, you know, you can take them outside, get them dirty, and uh, it's totally fine. So I hope this video has been enjoyable for you. I hope it's giving you ideas for your garden, and I bless you in your garden season, and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. God bless!